Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. My name is Matt and I am joined today by Gav, G and Vivek to talk NBA basketball. We'll be recapping the 2021 NBA Finals with final thoughts on the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks and the runner-up Phoenix Suns. We'll be discussing where Giannis Antetokounmpo ranks amongst the best NBA players in the league right now and whether Chris Paul is doomed to never win a ring. Finally, we will be talking yes. Damian Lillard <laughs> and his potential trade out of Portland. Today is July 25th, 2021. This is the 24th episode of the show. And shout out to Max Carrillo for that incredible intro track. We're going to be using that for the rest of our episodes now. Let's just get into this NBA Finals recap right now. So the 2021 NBA Finals are finally done and the new champion has been crowned for the first time since 1971. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions, defeating the Phoenix Suns in six games. Giannis Antetokounmpo was named Finals MVP, averaging 35 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists in the series, with a monstrous 50-point outing to finish the job in Milwaukee. So the Bucks in six prophecy is finally complete. Um, and as I recall, all six of the analysts at Sports Council predicted this, but only one of the uh, analysts, Gav, got it correct. No bitches. Yeah, you guys. I'm too smart. Two for two. What? Lucky. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> I mean, I as see, far as... this is exactly why you guys need to come from come to me for sports, uh, sports uh, advice. Okay, if you what? need your. I don't know about all that. Um, yes, you know the Bucks are. I know. Are good. They they won. Congrats to them, yes. you know. It's hard they were the better to, team. I, I'll agree with that. It's hard to hate on Giannis, you know. He's a very likable He's guy. a good dude, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. an amazing person, yeah. you know. It's like, you know, he's not the Nets and KD and stuff, right? So you start no. to hate on him, you know, as a, you know, CP fan and a Sun supporter. I wanted them to win. But it didn't yeah. happen. But it is what it is, you know. Can't be mad at Giannis. He's an absolute beast in the whole series. He bowled out, know, for real. There's not many Our last game was amazing. Him. Yeah. It was. It was. He was unstoppable that entire game, and really after this whole series, he was basically unstoppable. I mean, look at it, right? If you just think about like what the lineups were for the Bucks versus the Suns, just in terms of the height difference, right? The Bucks kept on crashing the boards, and the Suns really had no one to stop Giannis, and their tallest guy, DeAndre Ayton, kind of disappeared on the defensive end. Dude, he so, was scared, dude. Like the thing was, he was scared. He was scared. Definitely at the end, like, you can definitely tell, like, when he was putting up shots, he would rush them, and he wouldn't get into his spots. Definitely Giannis kind of got into his head a little bit. It's a hard cover for sure. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was in foul trouble for, I think, two of those losses. So that's probably why I mean, he was I mean, let's there. be realistic here. Like, how many people in the NBA do we really think we can match up against Giannis one-on-one? Like, maybe two, maybe three, maybe, you know? Like, Kawhi... Draymond maybe you know like mm. even then you know in shorter guys yeah. kind of just go over them you know there's what about Rudy Gobert I, I think know, I was gonna say Rudy was my at the rim Gobert could probably do a good job against Giannis but I mean outside that no because yeah, Giannis got the speed as well you can't play he has the speed yeah yeah so yeah. it's like even guys like Ye and Gobert who are bigger and you know probably can't meet him at the rim they're not quick enough to like you know you know, he doesn't have many moves, but, you know, the moves he does are quick, strong, and, like, he's much taller than most of the people he's, you know, up against, even the big centers. So he's going to get his buckets, you know. I don't think anybody can really stop him. I wouldn't really discredit DA because, you know, it is his first finals, first playoff series, like uh, first playoff run, 
should I say? That's true. Um, That's true. You know, yeah, he's he's still, yeah. his, he had his moments and he played well. It's just, you know, it happens. You know, someone has to win it. You know, Giannis yeah. was the best player in the series. And you can argument could be made the second best player in the series in Middleton. And then maybe the third was Chew Holiday. So the fourth and fifth would be the best players on the Suns, you know, like Chris Paul and Booker, because they mm-hmm. weren't playing on the same level. So I would give more blame to Booker and CP than I would to DA, just in the sense of like, you know, you expected Giannis to do that. Did you guys think that Giannis was going to be stopped, right? It's not really like we ever thought at the beginning of the series, DA was going to be the one that clamped Giannis or anything. We thought that CP and Book would be able to somewhat match that, you know, combine, you know, average out to where Giannis and Middleton were getting, you know, but that's not what happened. They were barely getting to what Giannis was getting by himself, averaging 35, right? So I think I think the bigger letdown was there. I think the bigger uh, surprise was considering everything, you know, Giannis was literally coming off a hyperextended knee, right? So yeah, the fact like that it didn't even happen. Exactly. It's like, and he was able to put up these kinds of numbers at the biggest stage of his life. You know, everyone was saying, you know, he was never going to win one in Milwaukee. He was doomed to, like, always fail with the small market team. And, you know, he proved all the haters wrong with this. And, you know, honestly... And with the you, shots, too, right? People were always saying some... this jumper wasn't good enough to make it, you know, having not having a jumper, especially in this position. Curry from the free throw line. Yeah, yeah. Real, and in game six, he basically hit all the free throws. And that kind of sure, like, gave it, him the edge. Yeah. It was the edge. I'm pretty sure that's he had the lead and then some with those free throws. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. I just think it's like, you know, I think the most impressive part of the series was Giannis's free throw shooting, especially down the stretch. You know, he didn't he didn't like kick the ball out to someone else so they could take free throws or anything like that, you know. He took the little chance and everything that the Suns were throwing at him, the counts, the free throw counts and all that, right? Embraced mm-hmm. it. He took his misses when he took him when he missed, but then kept, you know shooting with confidence and then in game six he's just so confident that I was like buttering those free throws there weren't even there was just nothing but net at that point you know and it was just it was amazing to watch in a sense absolutely and after I believe game two when the Suns went up 2-0 and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were pretty much non-existent in that they really stepped up after that point and it's amazing how two of these wins were basically decided at the last minute um, you know we'll always remember now the Giannis block at Aiton on the alley-oop, I believe, in game four. And then game five from Drew Holiday, the Giannis Antetokounmpo for that With Chris Paul pushing him, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All up in his face. I love it. <laughs> I hate you, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your mortal enemy in this, dude. I, I don't even everything. dislike Giannis. I don't dislike the bus. I no, dislike Gav. I don't like that. That's that's my official statement about the series. I only have to, I only have to dog you because you said Suns in four, so... I mean, I mean, you know, and you, that, it was looking good after the first two games. Everybody thought. I, it was I honestly thought it would be something. <laughs> there was no a little bit. way that they were going to get swept. No, yeah. no they they blew them out. They blew them out those first two games. I thought they might take take the game three, but I still said Suns and six. But uh, dude, they needed yeah. rest. All it was, you know, they got tired. The Suns, yeah, fair point. And so they're the same, and the, and then the Bucks were already on a roll, so. So what do we think that we'd have to change for the Suns to win that series? There's nothing they can really do, right, to stop no, Giannis? Dude. Or did you guys oh, feel no. like there's something that could have, uh, you know? I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from the Suns' perspective is uh, I don't think they have a closer. I think this has been a, a you know, thing with a lot of the Chris Paul-led teams. Mm-hmm. There needs to be someone else to close the game. And Booker, as amazing as he was with two back-to-back 40-point games, when I think it was a second game, 40-point game he had, game five, he did not – he was – 
utterly awful in the last minute of the game. And, you know, yeah. it's like 47 minutes are great, but what do they say? You've got to finish it out great too, you know? He had sure. that uh, he had that strip that Drew Holiday had, obviously, right, that we just talked about. The exactly. lob, to be honest, you know, because he was getting triple teamed at that point, you know? Like, you got to, you know, you know, you're big shot. You want to be like Kobe, take all the big shots, right? But at a certain point, you got to realize what's best for the team, you know, pass it out. Just try to make the play to win the game instead of being the one to, like, having to take it. You know, uh, it's 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 a very nitpicky um, like thing to get at, but I think that was like kind of one of the biggest things I got from the Suns is like, yeah, they're closer, right? Like people would say Booker, Chris Paul, but like, you know, most of the games they won in the playoffs weren't really games where anything had to be closed, and the closest one closest one to that was the the Valley Oop, you know. So yeah. So I gee, mean, about your point about the closer, I actually had a major gripe with that too, considering the fact that. Down the stretch, it looked to me that Booker played a lot of hero ball, and that just wasn't conducive to good enough offense. The way that Phoenix was generating a lot of their offense in the past was because they were able to have a lot of good ball movement, which was heralded by both, you know, CP3 and Booker. And they were both making incredibly difficult shots. Like, if you look at their shot selection, they're hitting like really hard contested mid-ranges. And, you know, right. once you start closing out on that, once, you know, you see Booker start rushing up threes, jacking them up near the end of the fourth, or he just forces his way into some hero ball shots. It's a weird it's a dynamic pattern. Yeah, right. It's a weird dynamic where Book is hyper aggressive and Chris Paul's like not aggressive at all. There's like a hundred percent aggressive and zero per zero percent aggression. You know. They and about Paul, balance. right? You bring up a good point about Paul. The other problem I had with Chris Paul down the stretch is that he just held onto the ball way too long. You know how like when Rajon Rondo plays point guard, he kind of holds on the ball a lot of the time. And then he basically waits to burn almost a full 24 seconds and hunts out like a full play by himself. Because I, it really became a very predictable scheme when Chris Paul had the ball. Usually it would either just be Chris Paul dominates the play, takes over the entire thing. Dominate not as in, you know, making his shot, but rather dominating the amount of play, the shot clock time available. You know, Chris Paul just held him to the ball. And a lot of the time, it just ended up being a contested mid-ranger. And obviously, you know, you live with that. You live with the contested mid-range shot because those really aren't easy to make even for Chris Paul you know so I really think that there should have been a greater emphasis on ball movement and you know Cam Payne was playing so great Mikhail Bridges Cam Johnson you had all these guys that are just producing so well off the bench and I really do feel like maybe with the rotations Monty Williams could have thought about having them being featured more and if you actually look at it Cam Payne I think had better differentials than Chris Paul did when it came to points, you know, campaign. I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of that, that has to do with, you know, he's playing more rested because he's not playing as many minutes, you know. So yeah, that's also not, true. He's also not expected to do much, right? It's Cameron Payne at the end of the day. Like, I love him, but he's not a starting point guard. He's not a starting point guard, but I think that he provided a lot more scoring and a lot more consistency regarding the series. Also, you have to consider the fact, too, against my point, maybe, is that Drew Holiday throughout the first five games, he spent most of his time on Chris Paul. And, you know, in game six, uh, Chris Paul finally wasn't de- being defended by um, Drew Holiday, and he scored 26 points, which was a pretty welcome surprise considering, you know, he wasn't doing good games five, game six, game four, game five necessarily. And then right. Chris Paul spent a lot, uh, had a lot more freedom. And then Drew Holiday switched on to Devin Booker, and Booker was forced into some pretty bad shots, and it didn't look good for him at the end of game let's, six. Let's also not forget that the Suns were missing Dario Sarge. <laughs> Shut <No>. up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the Bucks were without Defensenzo, so I mean, I guess it's the oh, same, right? Oh. No, no, it's not. 
Sarge is the closer. Yeah, Sarge, Sarge, the process is the game changer in this situation. We all knew that. Like, I, I think Chen just got a better lineup. Should have been Asterix because uh, Daria wasn't there. I'm that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you want to say anything? Tyree wasn't. Tyree was hurt. AD was hurt. Trey was hurt. Yeah, there's always an asterisk on every. So do we do we give this Bucks championship an asterisk or does it count? Like, no, we liked Giannis though. We, we like Giannis. Giannis. <laughs> we like Giannis. Yeah. All the first sports council love Giannis. You know, he's a great yeah, guy. Great guy. Giannis, Giannis, if you want to cut him on, you can't. Yeah, you can't not like some... Giannis. I've never met anybody who hates him. Yeah, I wonder. Chris Paul. No. <laughs> I'm sure the line of enemies are like very long for Chris Paul. They're going to eliminate him from the playoffs. (laughs) It's kind of crazy seeing Chris Paul's narratives swing like a pendulum during this entire playoff run. Because before, you know, I'll give Chris Paul a lot of credit though. This overall season, he led the Suns to a playoff like Bird. And then to make it this far to the finals, considering, you know, the history of the Suns the past five, six years, that's an incredible turnaround. And I think overall, you do have to give some credit to that. Or not even some, a lot of credit to that. But, you know, he came up short. Uh, I don't really, Personally, I don't know about Chris Paul's future uh, in terms of, you know, winning rings. And I, maybe he would exercise his player option and come back to the Suns. But what do you guys think about, you know, Chris Paul? What did he do with the Phoenix Suns? Now? Does he run it back? What are their options at this point? As a, as a CP fan, I, I don't think he's in a running back. I feel like this team gives me a lot of Miami Heat vibes, whereas, you know, it was, a very, uh, it was a very interesting predicament for them to be in to make it to the finals and to have the repeat of success and to have the matchups work out the way they did with no AD, with no Jamal Murray, with no Kawhi Leonard, and then to play the, the Bucks in the finals, you know, you, you can't really bet on that something like that. So you have to see – how are you? How's the Suns this year compared to what they could be next year? So you're going to pay CP 40 million. And, you know, if that's if he exercises a player option, they got to re sign DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton. They got to re sign Mikhail Bridges. They got to re sign Cameron Payne. You know, there's a lot of people that need a lot of money on that team. You know, and I don't know if you're going to be paying a 36 year old point guard who's in the most win now that you could be in, right? Like the Suns are still a relatively young team besides Chris Paul. So I'm as a as a CP fan, I believe he's gonna be going to LA, you know, probably have to take a pay cut to play with the Lakers, but he probably will. I think it just makes the most sense for him and where he's at his career and then where the Lakers are with their team and what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to win now. They need a better keep that bad DJ on your fucking side, dude. I don't want LeBron and this Mickey Mouse motherfucker CP player. Keep them on your end. Okay, Banana dude. boat, bro. <laughs> dude. And then they're no. gonna sign Mello and then DUA's gonna come out of retirement. Oh, right, dude. If people would trash KD's rings at the dubs, what are they gonna say about the banana boat coming? Oh, they're gonna be okay with it because it's LeBron. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Narratives exactly. are different when it's LeBron, you know? Exactly. That's true. If it's LeBron, then it's all right. I mean, I think the Lakers make the most sense if it's not the Suns because, I honestly, they got a pretty good team out there in Phoenix, and Chris Paul was able to provide that kind of veteran leadership to help steady the boat and make them a playoff contender. And it's hard to see exactly what other teams can, one, afford Chris Paul's salary because he's probably going to command something ridiculous, and he's pretty right. old, honestly. 
So I don't know. And you're not going to take a pay cut to put a play for, you know, an average team and try to lead them to the playoffs again. I think he's passed that part of his career, you know, because he, he's at least made the finals with the Suns. So there's some type of like, all right, I'll take a little bit of pay cut to run it back, right? Or I'll go take a pay cut to go back home to LA and where my family is and where Braun is and where all this other stuff is, right? You're not going to do that to go play in like New York Knicks or some stupid shit like that, right? Like yeah. he's going to like, demand three-year 100 million you know or some ridiculous thing like that if you go to play for the knicks and at that point is it worth it for them you know there's a lot of questions that come up with that type of stuff so it's going to be an interesting offseason for him i think the most absurd thing is that somehow chris paul became a cancer contract basically with the rockets to the point where they just shipped him off to okc to die basically and then all of a sudden he's going to be able to try and command like 30 plus million again so it's pretty amazing how resurgent his career has been again. He won't yeah, die. It's been, it's been pretty wild to see. I was one of the guys who, you know, after I believe 2019 was it, after the 2019 season, they shipped off Chris Paul. Yeah, I thought his career was basically in like the twilight stages, but he did a very good job with the Thunder and he did a really good job with the Suns as well. So it remains to be seen. I think that the general trend is that for a younger team, one that doesn't really have as many veterans, needs some steady leadership, guys, a guy who can mentor them, give them like, you know, good fundamentals and stuff like that. You know, Chris Paul is your guy. But I do think that for a title contender, right, if you're not getting Chris Paul uh, for much more than like, you know, a standard point guard contract at this point, especially considering the fact that you'd probably want to have Chris Paul playing with other superstars to actually have him give a chance to win a ring, right? Then I don't see like why you would pay Chris Paul like three for like a hundred million for three years, right? I think that basically kills your cap space. And that's a lot of money to be giving to someone who's like what 35, 36 at this point, right? Yeah. I agree. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting offseason, you know. I think it's really gonna come down to what matters the most to him. Is it gonna be the money? Is it gonna be the location where he plays? Or is it just going to be the best chance to win? And, you know, he's going to play for X amount of money. But, you know, it's going to be with LeBron. It's going to be with the Kawhi and the Clippers. Or it's going to be with some other team that's trying to win, you know. So, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a pretty offseason for the Suns, though. Because I think they're going to end up tying themselves in a lot of money and a lot of young players. And, you know, I honestly don't think the roster – um, given everyone's healthy in the NBA without Chris Paul too, like I don't know what their roster really like looks like and what they can go with forward, if that makes any sense. I agree. Same situation between the Heat last year and this year, right? After they made it to the finals in the bubble, people I mean they got swept, right? They got the Bucks completely obliterated them. So you never know. Shocked to me if the, the Suns got knocked out first round next year, you know, with or without CP, because I just don't know if the roster competes with the like, you know, a healthy Warriors, you know, Steph, Clay, Dre, whoever they end up getting, or even like a healthy Clippers. I don't know, you know, like there's a lot of question marks. So are you gonna give Aiden the max? Are you gonna give Mikhail whatever he wants? You know, there's a lot of people, you know, like, you know, how do we feel about giving them that much money? Because you know, they're great players, and I don't want to take anything away from them what they did this on the playoff run, but you know, how how repeatable do we think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think if Paul isn't there, they're not finals contenders, honestly. Like, they're not even real contenders at that point. 
they're just back to the same, you know, sense. I mean, they've got a lot of newfound confidence in themselves, but they probably won't be contenders unless they add another star. And, you know, I would max Aiton. I would think about Bridges, but, you know, he'd have to continue to develop. This is a good Suns team, and there's a lot of talent there, but I just don't see them. You need star power in order to win in the NBA. And Giannis, he never got the star power he really needed. He didn't ever recruit another superstar. He got Chris Middleton, and he got Drew Holiday. But eventually, you know, you need kind of a superstar kind of player in order to win championships, and more likely than not, right? And let's go back over to the Bucks side of things. Great for Giannis, but, you know, it's a great thing for small market teams everywhere, you know. It gives them hope that their homegrown kind of superstar talent, if he sticks around and they continue to build a good team around them, that they will be able to stay, they'll be convinced to stay, and they'll win championships for them. So, you know, I think this is a great thing, especially for, let's say, the New Orleans Pelicans, right? With Zion Williamson already reported to want to be out of New Orleans somehow, the timetable is a lot shorter for kind of these small market teams in order to kind of draft these superstars, build the team around them, and convince them to stay as they go after championship after championship. And it's really a testament, um, and it kind of gives them hope for all of these teams in order to do that. But speaking to um, the Bucks and Giannis, when you win a championship, it really kind of elevates your status as a player. And we already kind of had Giannis in that superstar range, right? He's already a defensive player of the year. He's already a two-time MVP. Now he's a finals MVP and a champion. So where would you kind of put him in that superstar category? Um, we, I mean, come on, you got to put him in top five at least, but where would you like rank him at this point? And who is, I would like to add who is in your top five already. Sure, I'll go ahead and start off with this one. I think that Giannis really demonstrated and translated his regular season success. His success in the past two years over like the seasons, three years really, he's been absolutely dominant in the regular season. He was putting up unreal numbers offensively and defensively. And the always the narrative knock on him was, could he translate that to the playoffs, right? And generally, like, Definitively, what he saw this postseason was that he did do that. He elevated this game. He made several amazing plays that will definitely stick in the minds of people. You have like the amazing alley oop. You have the blocks. You have the clutch free throw shooting. Even though at the very beginning of the playoffs, right, that turned into an entire running gag. And so, just on those kind of tropes, right, just kind of on those narrative building blocks. It's very easy for many people to go ahead and say that he's a top five, top three, maybe even the best player in the league right now. I wouldn't go so far as to say that he's better, like the best player in the league, though. I would say that still, like, Kevin Durant is a more valuable player, right? Just looking at what he was able to do for the Nets this postseason, I'd probably say that um, even, like, some like even Stephen Curry or LeBron James, I think that they've just proven more in the past few years and they've racked up so many championships to the point where, you know, preemptively calling Giannis maybe better overall than those players still kind of feels too quick considering the history that those two guys, LeBron and Curry have already built over the league. But I'll definitely say that, you know, Giannis really proved himself to be, you know, at least in that conversation. Like if there's a tier one of superstars, I would go with KD, Curry, LeBron and Giannis right now. 
I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Okay, okay. We're missing players. one guy there. We're missing a guy there. Who's your guy? Who you Kawhi Leonard in there? Let's not disrespect Kawhi. Yeah, we'll, we'll put Kawhi over here. Actually, we'll, that's, we'll that's my top five. I don't know if I would put anybody else in my top five. I think the top five is locked. Now, the order of the top five, I think, is very up to air and what you value. I think mm-hmm. if you're, you know, you got Curry, Katie, LeBron, A, or um, Giannis, Kawhi. That's your top. That's my top five. I think that's most people's top five, right? But where you go from there. It's very hard, you know, because you got guys that have multiple championships, multiple MVPs, and then, you you know, you got guys like Giannis who are in their prime right now. You know, I'd say for the other four, I think their better days are, you know, not the peak of their careers, but they're still not. Like, obviously, they're still one of the best basketball players in the league. So, for me, I think Giannis is either fourth or fifth. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't, I don't want to take anything away from him. But, you know, I think we can agree that Kevin Durant – He's basically Giannis with the bet way better jump shot in the sense he's very tall. He can he can play a good defense and he can carry a team. You know, um, I think the Nets this year was if healthy they would probably beat the Bucks. I don't think that's too far fetched to say. And even if he had a smaller shoe size, they probably would have beat the Bucks. You know, yeah. he played his heart out. So I think that in the loan is enough for me to put him over Giannis. Curry, I don't really need to go over what he does on the court, his way he spaces the court, the way he shoots the ball. In today's league, I'm taking him over Giannis. Uh, LeBron, I think LeBron, out of everybody we're going to talk about today, is the closest to Giannis. Not saying that he's not better or he's still not the best player in the league. I think just like what LeBron offers you at the age of 38 and how many games he's going to play and how, you know, his impact and all of this is very similar to Giannis in the sense of, you know, they're, they're – not the you know most gifted players. They're all a lot of uh, finesse. They're not a lot of finesses in their game. You know, even now LeBron is still, you know, the most he, most finesse he has is a fadeaway shot, right? Like he doesn't do the most crazy stuff. He still uses you know his body and his power, his quickness, his size to get most of his points. Same as Giannis, right? But Giannis is younger and plays a lot of better defense. He hustles. He'll go for any play, any block, anything. You know, he's running around even when he's hurt. When he's not hurt. He doesn't game, doesn't change, right? So that's why the argument for him and LeBron, I think, is the closest. But then, you know, I would still put Kawhi over Giannis in the sense, for me personally, I think what Kawhi does, even though the unreliability of his injuries and just him as a person, because even when he was hurt, he wasn't even with the team. He was watching from, like, the Raptors or something, you know? Like, I don't know. That doesn't, like, really look good for the team or look good for Kawhi. So that kind of like bothers me a little bit for why I can't put him over Giannis or why I could, you know, because Giannis is, you know, even when he's not playing, he's always encouraging his team. He's a leader, you know, that you cannot take away. He's one of the best leaders in the game. Whereas Kawhi, you don't know what he's going to be doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, like he's just like a robot. You kind of like command him. He might go do it. He might not. He does whatever he feels like. I don't think you can really have your superstar like that, if that makes sense. So I for agree. me, I think KD Curry for sure better than Giannis. Yeah, LeBron. And I'd also put, then... yeah, I'd also put Giannis over Kawhi. Like I said, also just because Giannis just does a lot more overall on the court than what Kawhi does. Kawhi's a great two-way player, but Giannis can also play two ways, and then he has the ability to get rebounds and then you know acquire blocks as well. And his perimeter defense sure may not be he he's not really quick, but maybe. Kawhi can match up a little bit better overall just because he has that wing profile. But Giannis can get the job done around the perimeter, but the thing, too. The big thing with Kawhi, you know, he's, like, unreliable. 
just the way because of the way he is. But like, you know, he was the best player in the playoffs till he got hurt. And you know, his efficiency stats, his defensive stats, everything yeah. were going through the roof. He was breaking all. He was, he was on pace to break records for PER in the playoffs. And you know, I know that's a very analytical approach to this conversation. And you know, a lot of people don't like hearing, oh, but it's just just that. You know, you can't base your top five off of one stat, right? I understand that, but you know, it just shows the level of impact. And you know, he doesn't really create much noise. And when he's playing, he's not like a you know highlight reel and stuff like that. I think if they were healthy, they probably would have won the championship this year, the Clippers. But um, I don't know. I think Kawhi just, you know, he he's he's dependable when he's playing. But it's just the thing about when he's 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 the most injured out of the five. We're gonna have this conversation about. So it's kind of iffy for him. I I can't argue. I can't like disagree with someone that would say that Giannis is ahead of Kawhi. But in my books, I think Giannis is still fifth. And on any given day, he could be the best player in the league. Hmm. I guess I'm gonna overrate him then because I got KD one, Curry two. Giannis three, LeBron four, Kawhi five. Because I think LeBron's age and I'm a little worried about how he's going to come back from injuries because the worst part about when you're older is that your body doesn't recover as fast. And we got to remember, Giannis is 26 years old. He's the youngest one out of all of these guys. And, you know, he doesn't have a huge injury history like with uh, Curry's ankle injuries, Katie's Achilles, LeBron's high ankle sprain and Kawhi's multiple injuries and now he's going to come off an ACL surgery so that's a little bit more impactful for me but you know I see Giannis as you know the ultimate kind of two-way player his length and the only thing that is kind of a detriment to him is his shooting ability but you know I think he's squarely cemented in kind of that top three um, kind of center of top five range obviously you know stuff can change if LeBron gets you know back to his ways and Kawhi returns as a beast. But right now, because of that championship shine, I'm going to give uh, Giannis that advantage. Let's not forget, too, that Kawhi isn't as consistent as he is in the regular season. Again, because his injury history. He's the only one on this top five never to win an MVP. So, you know. But, but, but. Yeah. Let's not forget two years ago, what, two years ago, three years ago, Kawhi, two ways in Toronto, did win four straight against Giannis and the Bucks, and even though, yeah, I understand Drew Holiday wasn't there, the team is probably better now than it was before. Giannis's game hasn't changed that much from a few years ago. Of course. Know? Right. So I would still give, you know, like just previous track record, Kawhi did have a very, very, very good series against that Milwaukee team, and he was playing both ways where he was defending Giannis and then scoring on Giannis. So I think that does mean a lot, you know, because I think, like, at the end of the day, yes, you know, he's not in his prime right now. He is healthy. But if he's out there, I think he's better than Giannis. Mm. I think that's kind of what the conversation is, right? If we're talking, like, obviously, if I'm going to start my season tomorrow and I need him for 82 games, then I probably would take Giannis over most everybody we're talking about because he's going to be dependable. But if it's one game, everyone's healthy, I would take Kawhi over Giannis. Honestly, I think in playoffs, Kawhi just reaches a whole nother level. He and elevates his game during the yeah, playoffs. He's literally That's the what makes it hard to evaluate yeah. him, honestly. Yeah. You don't know really what version of Kawhi you're getting, you know, during the regular season. But come playoff time, if he's healthy, he puts up hyper-efficient numbers. He puts up pretty good defense. I mean, I'll be frank. His defense wasn't really as good this year as it was in previous years. But that's because 
He also had to carry a, a very large offensive load every time he played, especially during that Dallas series. So I gave him some slack over there. But I think that, you know, it's really hard to kind of definitively choose Kawhi over Giannis and vice versa. I think both guys are really good two-way players. They give you different things, and they're strong in different areas and weak in different areas too. I think that just because it's so hard to for me to just say that one's much better than the other, I'm going to say, you know, that I think over regular season, I agree with you, Chi. You know, you want to take Giannis, the two-time MVP in the regular season, the two-time defensive player of the year in the regular season as well. I mean, Kawhi's also won that award twice, I believe. So there's a wash over there. But, you know, you've had Kawhi literally carry uh, the Raptors through multiple series. And so you can't discount that as well. But also the I mean, injury history comes into it. If yeah, it's, if, if we're talking season, obviously, then it's kind of a different discussion. It just kind of matters on what the situation is and, you know, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm asking of the player, right? Because I don't think Giannis would have won a championship with that Toronto team, right? But, you know, vice versa could go with the Mo- Kawhi on this Milwaukee team. He could have just got hurt. You know, he's very un- more unreliable. Whereas all this Milwaukee team is needed is just a reliable guy who's going to go out there and give it his all, right? And I'm not saying Kawhi doesn't do that. I'm just saying he's just way more unreliable in doing so. Your best ability is your availability. There you go. And yeah. Gav, you want to put in any input here? Top five? Who you got? Hey, you guys fucking suck. Okay, let me let me get <laughs> let me get that straight real quick. Okay, don't at me after this. Okay, I don't want to hear. What the anything. hell do you have, huh? Giannis. Okay, number one. Okay. This is uh, one, okay, one to five. Right. Okay, Giannis. <laughs> okay, Kawhi. Okay, that's my number two. Mm-hmm. AD. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, oh, okay, that's wait, it. wait, wait. Giannis. AD. Jokic. Okay, Kawhi. And Alonzo Ball. Number five. Don't at me. Someone kick him. You're inside. kidding me. Someone man, we need to get this man out of here. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Whoa, what you want today, man? The services are no longer welcome here. <laughs> Yo, I'm two for two. Don't listen to these bums, okay? Trust me. <laughs> Believe in the process. In uh-huh. predictions, not in uh, rankings, sir. You also ranked uh, Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers I, is I gone. Bye-bye. He's, he's done. Okay. <laughs> That golf tournament we'll was save, BS. We'll save that conversation for another day. <laughs> oh, man. You guys, also, viewers, you listened to that episode way too much. I was capping. Okay. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is a decent player. <laughs> you call the uh, Next question. MVP Next a, question. A, Next a question. Player? Next question. Uh, Next question. Wait, wait, Gav, I have a question for you. Why yes. is CP3 not in her top five? <laughs> Banana boat. Next hey, question. Next question. Are you Marshall Lynch now? His mentality there. <laughs> All next right. question. Well, next question. Do you see either of these teams making it back to this stage? No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the Sun. Like I said earlier, I think the Suns are sort of you know, I think past or peak. I think maybe in a few years, maybe their roster gets reconstructed. <laughs> They work a couple of pieces around, pick up another player. They could be back. I think the Bucks, on the other hand, I think they're obviously win now and they're competing in the East, which is always going to be easier than the West, you know. So I think they have a chance to at least come back out of the East. 
but I wouldn't I wouldn't really give them favorites if that's what you're asking. I don't think they're favorites to win the championship next year, maybe next few years. You know, you still have um, the healthy Warriors coming back. You have the Lakers. You know they're going to make pick up someone, trade for someone. They're going to do something to get their roster better. And then obviously the Nets are going to be healthy. And whatever free agent or person that gets bought out, they're probably going to want to play for the Nets because they're a super team. And at the end of the day, if they're healthy, they're probably the best team in the league. And Clippers, yep. too. I think a healthy yeah. Clippers beats the Suns. I think that the Bucks make it back to the finals. I don't think they win it. But, um, like, I would say either the Lakers or the Clippers win it next year, to be honest. You think the Suns are trash. No, I don't think so. One of them is going to get hurt, and it's just going to be over. Which one? <laughs> one of the- side by <laughs> My money is on Kyrie next year. And that's if he doesn't right, want right. to play. Not even because of an injury. I think Kyrie just will just give up halfway through next season. All in Harden. All in Harden. I think Kyrie's going to buy some fortune crystals and they hey, yeah, yeah. all i'm saying is it's not it's not me to judge how how injured a person is right if you're going out there and i gotta expect that you're gonna be out there to play your best basketball you can right and obviously he was he was injured you know he couldn't have been that injured the next week he was in fucking paris with the little baby so how injured was he you know <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to go and get arrested yeah that's what it looks like he wanted to go and get arrested <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I, I think I think the 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 Harden narr- Harden playoff narrative is a a hundred percent true. That man is kind of a kind of shrinks in the playoffs. You know, I think that's what we kind of had for Giannis before. But I think Giannis has clearly like surpassed that like you know phase of his career. Whereas Harden still many times shrinks in playoffs. Where if Kyrie was in there, you know, as much as he is a bit of a weirdo. In the playoffs, he is a he's an animal. You know, he does he does you know get buckets. He does hit big shots after big shots, clutch shots, anything you need of him. You kind of just give him the ball, and he can get you a bucket right in the playoffs. So it's kind of hard to get. I mean, Giannis's narrative was only really for two years, and it was the MVP seasons. Harden has been at it for what, like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. So uh that first series against the was it the San Antonio Spurs where he basically just quit. Yep. And then the next yeah. one blocked by Ginobili, then he choked the three two lead, you know. Uh yeah, say no more. Bro, low key, if like Harden had the choice between playing in the finals or like watching little baby perform in a strip club, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Harden would probably just go to the strip club. <laughs> like, no cap. Dude, honestly, I think that if Harden is healthy, they win. Like the, the the Nets should have won the game if K- oh K- yeah definitely brick that yeah I mean I mean they're already close they're already like yeah again a shoe size away from winning game seven seriously they didn't even need Harden really Harden yeah. was just a decoy no but if he was actually available like actually like a hundred percent it would have been over oh, yeah. I don't know Guaranteed. man I don't know if it would have been over bro Drew Holiday I think clearly from the final performance is one of the best that's true that's true he actually I, he can he would have put up something to, against. James Harden, but against I think Kyrie's I don't know man I think Kyrie's probably playoff wise better than James Harden so I don't know you think the wrong guy was injured for them you know <laughs> it's a shame that all three of them couldn't make it but um we got a surprising new winner and I think that's fine because then the next three years might be dominated by Lakers and Nets super teams so it's good to get a break at least from that. <laughs> 
I think it was a good switch of the finals overall. Like it was pretty fun watching the Suns and Bucks battle it out. Yeah, it was a good, interesting series. Yeah, I just wish I was right on the number. You know, I said Bucks, but I wish it was seven. I just, I just really wanted to rub it in your face. I I predicted seven. Yeah, I got the number of games right. Just got the wrong ones. The I got up, that's different. nothing right. I got the word <laughs> right. <'cause laughs> no, I think that's a better prediction because think about it, right? You have a one in two chance to get the team right, but you have a one in like what four, five, six, seven, one in four chance of getting the number right. So technically, but it depends on how you get it right. Te- think about the number, man. Don't think about the team name. Just all cover right, it up. All right. Yes. <laughs> I think I win then. Man, I nailed it. I, I called six two, bro. Yeah, dude. Right, in March Madness, you, you get more points for choosing the team correct. Okay, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to take away from my victory. It's not your victory. It's oh, you want you want your respect too? <laughs> what are you? Are you LeBron, bro? Are they gonna give you the trophy to hold too, like they gave Rachel Nichols? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if Yo, Cap, here, me, yes. Here's your Mickey Mouse ring for making that prediction, bro. Uh, dude, I, I don't want a Mickey Mouse ring, dude. I want a ring pop, okay? <laughs> Same thing. The Mickey Mouse clubhouse. All right. What a, what a great conversation we had there. <laughs> Let's move on to Damian Lillard. All right. Okay. So it was reported that the Trailblazers point guard, Damian Lillard, would request a trade from the Trailblazers. He's refuted these reports, and he's insisted, though, that the team be more urgent in their pursuit of a championship. These comments and reports come after another disappointing end result for the team as they lost in the first round for the fourth time in five seasons. I love Damian Lillard on the Trailblazers mostly because Curry owns him, but also because he's a great guy. But do you think Lillard's time in Portland is actually coming to an end? No. No? He stays. I disagree. He's, he's going to leave soon, man. What, the, what can they do for him? That's my question. Like, where do they go from today? What, like, if he's going to stay in Portland, right, what would you do for them? Well, what, what, if you're the Portland GM, who, who do you go get that's going to make you a championship team? What can you go get? And if Bradley like, Beal. Not, nothing really. Like, Bradley no Beal? no piece on, that they can man. get right now, like, Ben Simmons. Enough. No, <laughs> Ben Simmons. Are you kidding me? They have if to you... get multiple pieces for – team to stay i think i think that's what they're just coming down to i think it's just a clicking talk or clicking time a time clock till you know dame says okay you guys can't get me enough and then i'm gonna leave low-key ben simmons solves a, but basically a lot of the problems that portland has as a team but they need more scoring then because they lose cj if, if you say like if trade. you just say straight up cj mccollum for ben simmons like yeah Let's like add in some random people because you know because they probably have to. But sure, they get they do get better. Sure, they get better, but they're not winning a championship, right? No. I think that's what it comes down to for Damian Lillard. It doesn't come down to you know he's made Western Conference Finals, he's made the second round, he's beaten you know teams like the Nuggets and stuff like that before. That's not what it's the problem is. The problem is he's not able to even get to the finals, right? Like at a certain that's point, true. You know, but I will say this, they will get past the first, first round. round. No, they'll he get never gets past the first round. I just told you four straight like four seasons out of five, he hasn't gotten out of the first round. Yeah. The fifth season he made it to the Western Conference Finals, never won a game there. And then he like and it's only because he won in seven to the Nuggets off like some over like the last second plays in game seven. So 
it's really an anomaly at that point. And now Damian Lillard is 31, if you can believe it. So he's kind of getting out of his prime at this point. So I know he said um, he was going to always be loyal and he wants to compete for championship in Portland. But at a certain point in time, you know, if they're not building a team around you, because look, Portland's not a good destination for free agents. And, but the thing is, they're also always salary strapped. Like they always sign like big name deals to like random people. So they are, yeah, Nurkic. Alan Crowder. Devin Turner. Some respect on Nurkic. Devin Turner, yeah, that was, that was a terrible one. Yeah. And they ran out Carmelo Anthony as a starting player for a while now. So, and they also had Hassan Whiteside, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like been like a parade of like random people, and you know it's really I think the GM Neil Austin's fault at this point. You know he his biggest you know move ever was literally drafting Dame, but he has never been able to actually put a team around him. Yeah, I don't know. I think Dame's time is definitely coming to an end. I think it's just he's a he's a man of pride, you know, and he for him to officially go out and say you know, I want to be traded is for him to say, I couldn't do it, you know, because at the end of the day, it, 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 the team hasn't been great around him, but it also, it would mean he hasn't been able to do it. You know, he couldn't finish the, the promise that he wanted to win in Portland, right? Same way Giannis dug it out and just eventually got there. They eventually got him a good piece of Drew Holiday because they already had, you know, Chris Middleton and, you know, they got there and they got their championship. But I mean, how close do we think, the roster is we do we think even if they keep CJ and somehow still get Ben Simmons do we think then they're a championship roster I don't think so right like how far they're at least a few pieces in my mind away from getting a championship and I don't know what few pieces they can get that will actually make them a championship roster you know by the end of this summer so when there's teams, there teams like the Lakers like the Warriors Celtics that are asking you know we'll give you you know multiple first round picks We'll give you young assets, you know, especially for like the Warriors. If you're getting Wiseman, the seven and the 14 this year, and then maybe even Wiggins, like, come on, bro. Like what? That's an amazing offer. You know, like I sold three first round picks in the last two years. And that's then, a really know, good haul. I would never, dude. I would never Don't do that. Even, I would never take oh, that. Like, I would never happen. do that. I'll never do that trade. And you guys say that but, the Warriors are going to make it next year? No, they're going to suck even worse. Look, man, you traded Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball for Anthony Davis, so. Let's go. <laughs> we can do it. But, look, all I'm saying is that no, they, as a Warriors fan, I don't think that's a good move for the Warriors just because it just doesn't make any sense. I love Dame. Right. I love Dame. He represents Oakland. That's great. But the thing is, are you really going to put Dame and Steph at the same time on the court? You know, that's going to be an offensive explosion. That's great. But it's got the same fit scheme as, like, D'Angelo Russell did, right? No defense whatsoever. And you're going to get scored 150 times on. And, like, you lose Andrew Wiggins. He's a good two-way player at this point. And you're replacing him with Dame. And you're putting Clay at the three now. So you're kind of putting him out of position after he's had two major injuries to his, like, legs. So Draymond is literally going to be the only guy out there. And you lose Wiseman. So then, like... (laughs) Come on, yeah. Looney Tunes. We're just porous defensively exactly. Looney, in the backcourt. Looney's great, but, you know, he can't carry everything, right? He, him and Dragamon can't carry the defensive load. But they got to just play half-decent defense, bro. And the Warriors are going to put up a fucking 140 points on every damn team in the league shooting from half-court, bro. 
Like, I mean, it doesn't. It sounds awful, right, on paper. But like, how many teams? It sounds like, awful on if when I'm watching it too. Nah, I watched nah, this I before. Know. I don't know. I don't know about that because if you really think about how many teams can keep up with how many points they'll be scoring, right? Like, okay, they I've, won't. Be- I've seen D'Lo and stuff. You know, just having to come on, stop, scoring. stop, stop, just stop disrespecting Damian Lillard and comparing. I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing. Comparing I'm comparing them defensively. Comparing the refactoring, they're scoring guards. It's not going to really work out. Yeah, but Damian Lillard is going to get you 25, 28, bro. Did Dilo on his best day got you 20? Like, come on, Ryan. Like, it's a different effect on the game, bro. When you got to guard two people that can, three people that can pull up from your logo, like, come on, you know, and and people, you get Damian Lillard. All I'm saying is someone else will want to play for that team and probably for little to no money, right? Like is that is that is that crazy to say that a veteran yeah. will want to play for that team? Someone that will ring chasing will like you know, maybe just, you know, play some good defense or something like that. Then go out there and just hustle, do the little things that they can't do. Someone will want to do that, you know, for a chance to win a championship. Even on those know. super teams, those they needed that depth at that point. And like you need defensive depth because I think the only like five players basically on six, I'd say, that you could probably rely on. You have Dame, Steph, Clay, Dre, Looney, Looney, Poole, and JTA. So yeah, and none of them except for Draymond and Looney scream defensive talent. And like you, you'd have to point me to a guy that would actually come off the bench. Like you need an Iguodala kind of guy. Like you need a role player, which is basically just you know defense and you no know, playmaking ability. He has no like you don't need him to provide any offense because you know you have Dame, Steph, or Clay out there at all times. But you'd really need a lockdown defender at that point because Dre isn't even really – he's not a one-on-one defender. We put him at his best when he's a team defender, right? So you really need kind of that one-on-one guy. And plus it's a forward league at this point. You know, we're talking about the Giannis, the LeBron, and you, we're talking about the Kawhis. And, you know, there's Paul George out there too. So those are championship contenders. You're going to have to beat those guys. You have to beat the Kevin Durants, right, in order to do that. Yeah, I, I, I get I what you're saying, that, but yeah. if you're the trailblazers, that's the best offer you're going to get. What else oh, yeah. going to take? Fucking Kyle Kuzma and a bag of chips? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. If the Warriors yeah, were to Tucker offer that, <laughs> if they were to offer Wiseman 7 and 14, like, if you're Portland, you take that 10 times out of 10, honestly, because if Lillard is just fed up with the Blazers, you just got to go for it and just basically yeah. soft rebuild at that point. The only, only close offer to that would be if the Celtics offer Jalen Brown. And if they offer mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, I'd take it. But at that same time, taking Jalen Brown would just make you a very average team in the West. And you wouldn't be ass and you wouldn't be great, you know? You'd be like a, a Sacramento Kings, you know, getting the seventh, seventh to 15th pick every year, somewhere in between there. You can't really get anybody good because Jalen Brown's not terrible. He's not great, you know? It's it, Do you really want that, though? You know, like, it comes down to, like, if you're going to trade Dame, you might as well trade CJ. You might as well just fully rebuild and get oh, yeah. as many draft picks as possible, right? The Oklahoma City style type of rebuild, right? So where's the best picks that are being offered to you is Golden State, right? 7-14 and a guy that was number two last year? Come on. That's, that's an immense amount of offer, you know? Like, yeah. Warriors would, not, would be dumb to offer that trade, though. That would just not be a good yeah. idea. He comes here, that's fine. I'll buy his shoes. I'll represent Dame time. I'll be ecstatic, but I just don't see it happening. I'll be, you, I'll be happy you, about it. And you don't the think surface, the Lakers are going to like... Yeah, he's not going to win. He's not going to help think, us win. 
you don't think the Lakers uh, enticing offer of like Dennis Shooter sign and trade Kyle Kuzma Terrible. Taylor oh, yeah, Dennis Tucker, Shooter, the, the hundred million dollar man, right? Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't take Dame for that. And Kareem Abdul Dramond, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I keep all those guys over Dame. Oh really? Just, just yeah. <laughs> Kuzma's my boy. He's in the next Kobe. <laughs> What'd you say? Shooter or Taylor? Kuzma. Uh, I didn't even include Kuzma yet, but yeah, throw him in there too. No, no, no. You see the report where the Kuzma and Shooter were fighting? They were like beefing. Did you, hear, did you guys hear the report where Kuzma said that he still thinks he's a Jason Tatum level player? Yeah, <laughs> dude, he for sure. Dude, I yeah. believe it, dude. If if he wasn't on the Lakers, he would be Jason Tatum. Level. I mean, that is a fair point. The Lakers, I mean, they don't. They suck they, in development. They suck yeah, their development for sure. Yeah, I mean, they did that with a lot of players: D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Jordan Carson. Jordan Carson. The list goes on. Zubak. There are so many players that they just could not do jackson with, right? But at the same time, like, Kuz is a different story in the sense. He's, I he's a different beast. That's what you're saying. Dyed his hair blonde. That's why. No, it was also the Kylie, the Kendall Jenner effect. Okay, dude, you got to take all of that in consideration. That's true. That's why the Suns lost. Yeah, exactly. It strikes again. Where do, we, where, do we, where do we see Dame go then, other than Golden State maybe? Or uh, the team has a realistic package that the, the Trailblazers would want to actually accept. He stays. I think he stays. I think he no, stays. Like, no one else can offer like a package for him. He'll take Franklin's one. purgatory. Yeah. Like, what, what, what better can Dame do? Like, who will make the assets available to trade for Dame and can probably justify to their front office at this point. I mean, it had to be a significant number of te- of assets, but we don't know which teams have made themselves available and grew rumors to do that. All right, hear me out, hear me out. This is this is something that might not make sense on paper, but Dame to the Mavericks. Hear me out, hear me out, okay? Okay. So if you, if you I don't know what you would have to give up, it'd probably just be a bunch of picks. I don't know if they would even want KP, but if you're able to keep KP and Luca and Dame, that is an amazing start to a team. Because even though Luca is a point guard or quote unquote point guard, he gets nine assists, ten assists, right? That's a that's a lot. He basically makes him a point guard. But he doesn't really run an offense. You know what I mean? His assists are like bailout assists. Like, okay, I'm about to get double teamed. Let me go kick it out to the open shooter, right? Even though like if any, he just has the ball so much in his hand, he's so he's it's a high usage rate. You know, having someone alongside of the Dame who could take the pressure off, who can, you know, you know, have playoff experience and, you know, is a veteran, brings good leadership and good qualities to the team. That's what the Trailblazers – and just, the problem would be what do they give up? I don't know. I don't know if they have anything decent to give up in Dallas. Do you think that they want to keep Porzingis around? I feel like it's going to work. I don't think it's like a terrible thing going. I just don't think he could be the number two. You know, same way Chris Middleton couldn't be the number two, so they get someone else to be number two. Then you know he takes a step back. But in that sense of taking a step back, when you release to that responsibility of having to be number two, you can even play better because yeah. you have no expectations. You know. Well, as a comment, Middleton was a number two. He just wasn't consistent enough to always be the number two. You know, that's where guys at True Holiday step up. But Middleton at times plays like he is like number two or even the number one of that team. So 
it really is about consistency with the Bucks. But as for your example about, you know, Dame with the Mavericks, here's my take on it. I think that if Luka changes his game to be just, you know, or maybe the Mavericks just in general with their new coaching change, she might actually do this. But if they make their offense less heliocentric, uh, centered around Luka, basically have him be like some sort of a Harden where he just hogs the ball a lot. And you have Dame kind of stagger minutes too, where Dame basically takes the lead point. Or you have like both play together, but one plays off ball. Maybe it's going to be Dame in this case because Dame's such a legal shooter. Then I do think that it's a possible move. But you, once again, what assets do the Mavs necessarily have at this point? Because they gave up a good amount of things to get KP. Look, I think what any team who is actually going to contend with Dame and make Portland happy, you got to make it a three-team trade at this point. Like, get some lottery team in there to take all the expiring contracts and they send out the picks, right? You just have to find the right suitor for that. Like, find a dumbass front up, office. I know, I know we brought this team up earlier, but what about the 76ers? I feel yeah, like that's, that's what I was team. thinking. I was thinking it would, should be the 76ers. Daryl Morey failed on James Harden. And maybe that's because of Tillman Fertitta just not wanting to trade him to him. But that's what he should be was. on the phone right now. Yeah. He should be on the phone right now. He should trade Ben Simmons, obviously, and get Dame Lillard over here. He doesn't have any assets really at this point. Like, you're not going to get a bunch of first round picks. Maybe you bring back, like, you throw Seth Curry in for some reason, but like, you probably need the third team to make that trade. Like, maybe yeah. you get Toronto in there. Maybe you get like a Chicago, like, get some lottery team get in there, take some assets or give up some assets in order to make this process work. Because I think even the Nets and the uh, the Rockets, they had to include Cleveland in it, right? So, they did. They got, yeah. Cleveland got Jared Allen basically for... And Torian Prince. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think the Rockets got hose on that one, honestly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, it was just a bad situation. I don't know why Tillman declined the Sixers offer. Beats me honestly. Man, I think it's just the picks, right? They it's a petty a thing. It's a petty thing. Yeah. Also, Mori being there. Yeah, there's definitely pride involved in that. And Tillman has reputation of just being, you know, very prideful to the uh-huh. point where him declining based on those past relationships and the fallout that happened between Fertitta and Mori was actually a possible factor in declining the trades. If yeah. anyone's gonna figure out a three-team trade to get Damon's Dame to go anywhere. It's going to be Daryl Moore, you know. He's the type of guy to figure something out like that. Yeah, he's going to want that. <sighs> I mean, one last thought. Bradley Beal also requested a trade, or he says he might request a trade in the next couple of days. Do you think he moves? Do you think he goes somewhere? Where do you think he goes? I don't know, man. I don't know how many people. I don't, how, much, how much would you give up for him, though? I guess this is what it comes down to again. A couple first-round picks. Would you give him okay. – Two first-round picks, would you guys give that much for Bradley Beal? I would. Three? No. About three? No? I'd say I'd give As Beal, reference? Like, give me – I'd give the first-round picks and Wiggins, no Wiseman. So, here's the thing, right? Drew Hall is uh, kind of the floor for how many picks you'd give up because uh, Milwaukee gave up three to four, I believe, four first-round picks to New Orleans to get Drew Holiday. So I do think that if they don't have like, if they aren't giving getting a good player in return, um, like the team that trades for Beal, if if the team that trades for Beal doesn't have a player that's you know a desired asset, then you're gonna have to give up like at least four 
Pikes. Wiggins is a desired asset. So Wiggins, usually the offer you're giving Matt is Wiggins and two picks. The two, yeah. the, the two this year. That's a low ball offer. I'd if give, I'd give straight up. I feel like that's Honestly, a low ball offer too. That's, a, that's a steal. That's a that's a very big steal if you were able to do that. But again, Beal isn't really fit honestly either. Like again, he's just a little bit bigger. He's just a bigger yeah. game. He's just he a bigger game. Worse. Yeah. Right. So. At the end of the day, he's just keeping Wiseman. I don't know if Wiseman's gonna lock everybody up, you know, defensively. The yeah. thing is, I think Wiseman, they're going to keep Wiseman no matter what. For some reason. The so? Warriors have, like, the literally Warriors hired coaches. Yeah, they've hired coaches and stuff on the staff right now just to help Wiseman out. The trend that I heard there's talks about. They hired Kenny Atkinson, like, yeah. for the purpose of helping out, like, their point, backup points. And then they revamped their entire coaching staff to help with Wiseman. Yeah. So I don't see Wiseman being moved. I think they're going to try to trade the picks. I don't think they're going to try to trade Wiseman. It's it kind of sad makes me sad to see that like Wiggins, not only is he the only basically like the only forward unless we're counting Kent Bazemore as something relevant, but like he's basically the only like guy out there and he's he was pretty good honestly. Oh, he was overall he was, a very good player for us. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't terrible. I know his contract's terrible, but like so basically he'd have to be moved in any trade. But you know it'd suck to see if he, it happens unless it's for Kawhi Leonard. That's I'm okay with that. That's fine. I need to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Come to the bay, baby. You guys hmm. got delusions of grandeur. Maybe Chris Paul should come to the Warriors. Oh, please don't. Nah, I take I take Jordan Poole over him, bro. No, I don't want Jordan Poole, but you know, no Chris. You dropped thirty six and eleven in pro am today. Fuck, fuck Jordan Poole. Looks good out there, man. I'm telling you, he put on some muscle too. I'm I'm hyped for my boy, dude. Yeah, That's everyone puts six man. You know what they call him? JP three. I'm okay with that. If it means getting rid of Jordan Poole, I'm all for it. You're a hater, Matt. I am a hater. Jordan Poole is pretty decent, man. <laughs> yeah, he was covered in Santa Cruz, dude. I never yeah. saw that. I saw Alan Smiley uh, foul a. Uh, Three-point shooter to lose the game <laughs> in front of my eyes, in front of me. <laughs> so that's what he does. Small jig. Yeah. Beast. Okay, well that about wraps it up on this edition of Sports Council. Be sure to like and subscribe, and hopefully we'll see you out there for the 25th episode. Thank you. See you.